Well, hello to our new listeners. Thanks for joining. And to our returning guests, welcome back. Welcome to Season 6 of the Morosible Podcast. My name is Mo. In this season, like you've been used to, get ready for more amazing stories, more inspirational stories to help you set your stories free. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes, as well as to build communities around important salient issues that affect all of us as humans. So on this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured here are by people whose journey I am partly inspired by, as well as challenged by, but most importantly, people whose courage and vulnerability have afforded us an opportunity to hear their life stories. And I hope you find them as inspiring. Now enjoy your show and don't forget to share this episode and the other ones. Today, I am excited about this person. I'm always excited to have guests on the podcast, as you guys know. And this guest is no exception. I actually met her on the courts, pickleball courts, not the other courts. And she is amazeballs. I remember the first time I met her, she, you know, we kind of all played well, I mean, very rusty. I had not played pickleball ever. And we just found ourselves on the same courts, just, you know, trying to figure the game out. And I was, I was not thinking of ever going back there because I felt very intimidated. But I remember something she did. She was like, hey, do you guys want to get on a group test together so we can like chat with each other and then come practice together? And I'm like, I don't know this person. Like, how sure is she saying to me? Like, why is she asking for a number and, you know, asking everybody to put their numbers down? But I mean, that's the kind of person she is. She's, you know, warm, friendly. And since then, we've just struck a friendship. And I cannot wait to share her story, you know, because she's, oh my God, very inspirational. She does so much. You guys say I do so much, you need to hear her story. So, who is this um, wonderful person? She's been married for 32 years, guys. Three and two. That's like a gazillion years in Hollywood years. She has two adult boys. She has one daughter-in-law. She has three grandchildren. So, she's a um, glamorous grandma, um, an empty nester. She's a local state government employee for 15 years. As a matter of fact, guys, she just got her master's degree in counseling and she's now going to do her doctorate in education. Did I say, did I just tell you guys that she's a raised balls? She's also a business owner. She's a certified life coach. And she and her husband, they have this marriage ministry they've been running for 16 years. Guys, you're in for it. You're in for a treat. So everyone, please join me in welcoming Miss Yvonne Vanessa Todd to the podcast. Hello, Vanessa. Miss Vanessa. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you where'd you get your energy from? And seriously, where do you get your energy from? You you're like there's no stopping you, is what I see. And you're so full of energy. Every time I see you, there's so much energy. I don't know. Um I operate literally mm. with the mm. tank mm. half empty, to be honest. I believe that what you see mm-hmm. that is disguised as energy Mm. it's just my drive and when I want to do something or set my mind Mm. to do something I do it Mm. and I try to take my feelings out of it because it's something that I know I have to get done so you probably see my drive not the energy because half the time I believe I'm running without it 
Wow. I mean, it's just so impressive. Before I, I felt like I just, you know, went straight to the question. Let's start from the beginning. You know, how you grew up. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, your family. And uh, yeah, just, you know, the experiences that have shaped you from your childhood. Yeah. I grew up here in Oklahoma City. I was born and raised here. I am the seventh child of seven. I lost my father when I was 11. So my mother raised all of us literally as a single parent. Mm. So she worked three jobs uh, to raise us with no government assistance. Wow. And she's a very strong woman. And I believe I got my worth ethic just by observing her. I am a late baby. And what that means is that my mom was up in age in her late 40s when she had me. So my oldest sister uh, pretty much kind of raised me uh, because my mom was always working. Um, And I also grew up uh, pretty much as a uh, only child because all my brothers and sisters... All my brothers and sisters are so much older than me. Older. Uh, you're mm-hmm. the last born, yeah. Makes sense. Wow. So from there, uh, I'm just, uh, was just a regular kid. Uh, when my father died, uh, my mom, she transferred us to a, a school that was close by the house, and we all were in the band. So... I got attached. I played saxophone and clarinet for over 10 years at that time. I was in the marching band, the concert band, the jazz band, <laughs> anything that had <laughs> band at the end of it, I was in it. You just doing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I became very good at it. Uh, was it my passion? No, I believe it was just something to keep me busy at the time. Um, I started college right after high school but I did not uh, finish at that time because I did not have the money um, or scholarship so I decided to work full-time and go to school part-time I married very early at 21 my husband and I, we dated in high school. We went to the prom together. <laughs> that story. We ended up uh, getting married. And that's where the 32 years come from. We're still married. We had two kids. You know, they're adults. And I have their grandbabies. As a result, they both went to college, played football in college. And uh, we were empty nesters after that. So full-time empty nesters. When they're in college, you are not empty nesters because yeah, they, yeah. they come they come back for, <laughs> for the summer, you know, for break. And so you are not fully an empty nester until they are on their own, paying their own bills. That's where I find myself now. I thought that I would be in cruise control 
once my kids left home and were independent, I was relaxing, chilling. Um, I decided to go back to get my degree when they were little. Mm. I went through the adult study program and got my bachelor's. I worked in banking for 20 years before I started working for the state government. So I brought uh, a lot of financial experience into the job that I have right now. So that was something I always wanted to do was to to get my degree. I never got it. And I had went to so many different schools part time trying to get it until I finally just bit the bullet and just enrolled full time. Yeah. Working full time, uh, going to school, working full time, going to school full time and raising my boys and being married was a big, big responsibility. Plus, my husband and I, we started the ministry actually at our church. We were approached to help premarital couples. Mm. Of course, at the time, we're like, who are we to be trying Mm. to help people, (laughs) you know, but it's not about what you don't know. It's about what you've already been through and what you do know to help others. Mm. We also started ministering outside of our church. Uh, We had couples Uh, be referred to us that we just kind of helped along the way because they needed help and um, about uh, two years after my children went to college I started to feel a nudge or some type of uh, identity situation of what now kids are grown they're doing well what now I thought I would just be comfortable, work, rest, sleep, (laughs) binge on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) And I still do that, but Mm -hmm. I thought that would be my life until I retired and I began to get a nudge. I am a Christian. I did not want to go back to school because I had already been out of school for 13 years And you can imagine the thoughts going through my head. Like, are you serious right now? (laughs) Do you know how old I am right now? (laughs) I don't remember a pronoun from a noun, you know. (laughs) Are you trying to mess with us for me? (laughs) I know. So, you know, through prayer, I just got a nudge that you don't have to know it all to get started. Mm, So I applied to a school. And I didn't get accepted at that school. It was almost a relief. But when I reflected, I did not pray about it. So that wasn't the school for me. So I applied to another school, which I was accepted right away. And I finished that school uh, in master's in counseling. Mm. I decided what I had been doing for 15, 16 years in ministry, I it looked like the path for me would to would be a therapist. But once I completed the program, the counseling program, started my internship, I decided 
quickly. This is not the road I want to go on. (laughs) This is not what I've been doing all these years. So I kind of switched and turned into the education part of counseling, which is what I've been doing, teaching people techniques uh, that they use in therapy in everyday life. Um, Just didn't know what they were called. But I'm so glad that I went through the program because now I have a better understanding of how to manage emotions, how to go through, you know, difficult times, uh, how to make a plan and follow through with it when you're struggling, whether it's in your marriage or personally, you're, you're struggling personally of who you are, your identity, how to raise your kids how to raise your grandkids, how to deal with your husband, you know, when you recognize them and when you don't. And just the whole marriage um, experience, it helped me tremendously in my personal life. So I decided, what if, what do I want to do going forward? So from there, I went uh, and certified as a life coach. Uh, I am a certified life coach. I specialize in couples, relationships, and premaritals, which are people who are dating, but really any area that you may struggle with, um, that's what a life coach is, is to help you achieve your goals, realize what it is you want out of life and help you get there through through the decisions that you make for yourself. So from there, I figured if I did not think that I could go into a master's program, but I completed a master's program with a 4.0 and I figured how much more can I do? So I applied for the doctorate program in education to give me tools for my small business and tools to help me provide curriculum workshops and things like that for married couples and for premarital couples. So I am on that path now and I'm confident. I've set goals for myself. I have not arrived at all. I still have goals that, you know, I'm trying to go to every day. I still have those same struggles everybody else have every day. You know, I this just this morning, I had a plan, you know, to go to the gym. Lifetime. Hey. Yeah. I hey, did. Lifetime Shout partner. <laughs> it was raining cats and dogs this morning. And oh, really? I was like, uh-oh, that ain't happening. So I, so did, I did not go to the 4 a.m. swim training that I, that I had for myself yes Vanessa, but I, I know it's because it's quiet it's quiet and so but I did end up getting up and going to like the Pilates and doing some cardio so the but I had to talk myself into it you know I had to be my own mentor coach and ask myself if I go is this going to serve me well? And is it going to get me closer to my goal? If I don't go, what's going to happen? And is that 
that behavior going to get me closer to my goal? And then you, from there, you make a decision on which way you want to go, depending on what you want to achieve. So I will be starting the doctorate program in four weeks at the age of 53. There, I believe that you never stop learning. You're always pushing forward and you're always helping to serve others if you can. And what you give out literally will circle back around and come back to you. And I'm just in awe. I feel like you've said so much. Let's unpack a little bit. I had a question about marriage, but first, let's start with a question about finding, like, coming into your purpose. Because something you said that stuck with me. I mean, you said too many things that you know stuck, struck a chord or two with me. But I do know that a lot of us struggle with, oh, I'm too old to like go back to that dream of mine. There's so many barriers, so many limitations, and here you are. As 50 something years and some, still, you know, going forward and, you know, with your dreams and your goals and so much that you're laying, you know, ahead of yourself to do. For those of us who might be struggling with just, you know, getting back on track or not feeling like, oh, I'm too old for this, I just have this dream, but it's still burning. What kind of words of, um, how, how do you, how can you set them back on that path to where they go about, you know, accomplishing their goals? I would say first to just sit down and get quiet and, really reflect and think about the life that you've lived so far, whether it's a good life or uh, whether you think it was a bad life. Each experience teaches you something, whether it's good or bad. So I would say sit back and reflect on what have you been doing, if anything at all, all this time, that takes up most of your time and you don't realize what it is. I have been helping and serving couples way before I started the ministry at the church. And what sparked me is I identified with those couples because I married so early. I knew a lot of struggles and and things that they were going through. We all, I believe we all go through the same struggles, just different seasons in our life. But since I started so early, (laughs) I think I hit all the seasons before I was 30. Uh, (laughs) So I was an encouragement to let them know if I can do it, I know anybody can, but I reflect and in the ministry, there were couples that were not able to be, Uh, seen at our church. Um, There are requirements, and if they don't meet the requirements, um, they're not able to be seen. Some of those couples uh, were referred to my husband and I, and we saw them, you know, in our homes, uh, still volunteering, not getting paid any money. And we did this for years, and we really enjoyed it. Um, I believe we have a transparent approach We like to share uh, our life experiences and how we got through those experiences. And from there, we've been doing it all along. So for us, 
and me, it made sense to go in that path. I did not realize that it was tied to my purpose until I was in the counseling program. Got it. The one that I ran from for a year. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to roll, you know? Um, but you do a lot of internal self-work through the program. And I realized that internally at my core, there's a reason why I married so early. You know, there's a reason why I went through all the things I went through. And for me, my spirituality with God is to help people, to live a life to help people find him. Because that's how I have accomplished everything. That's who my identity is with. And that's how I the impossible gets done because I don't do it. I'm just the vessel. And Mm -hmm. literally you can feel, or I can feel the energy pushing me. I can feel the knowledge and the, the information that he's giving me when I asked, because I do believe everything I ask will be given to me. And I openly receive everything that he has for me whether I understand it or not, I know that he has my best interest at heart and I've learned to find him. I've learned to trust God. I've learned to listen to him and I let literally let him be my guide. Mm-hmm. And that's how I have been. It's been confirmed with me just through that process and through that daily devotion, that daily time with yourself asking yourself why am I here why why what's my purpose and that's when you can find out the answer to that is when you look deep inside of yourself and you ask that question and you reflect back on your life because all of your experiences make you into the person you are right now yes yes I like that, especially when you said um, each experience is, you know, teach us something, reflecting on what you've been spending your time to do, right? What's taking up your time? And that would take like an introspective view of, you know, how am I spending my life? Because all those moments count towards something. And I know, I know I struggle with that as well. That's just some unfulfilled dreams and all that. But the encouragement here is, you know, to keep moving on and, and, not, and not give up. Let's talk about marriage. Ms. Vanessa, 32 years is a, that's like legendary status. And you started doing it at a very young age. You, you did this, you did it so well, so much so that you're teaching, you know, cause you have to know to teach. And we've gone through married counseling. I mean, I highly recommend it. The moment you say it was just a role, have somebody on retainer that you can talk to. Um, for, I feel like married counseling is that bit that there's no way aspect of your own marriage, you know, spill out as a counselor. For you to really do it well, you have to be vulnerable with your clients. The ones that have worked for us have been those that have shared their struggles with us as well. So you realize that, okay, like you said earlier, these problems aren't just, you know, even though they feel very unique to us, but everyone's, everyone struggles with it. What has been your secret? As in, because marriage is hard. 
I can go back to school and do five PhDs. I would do that in a heartbeat. And, you know, I would sweat it out, but to do marriage, like marriage is hard. How do you do it? And how are you, how are you even doing so well as a married counselor? What are the tips, please? Well, um, that's what I really like about doing the premarital counseling. And I, I am not, I chose not to do clinical or the licensure for mm. counseling. I chose to do the education part so that I can teach. And I decided to become a life coach. And that helps me uh, to help the person bring out the things that they want to do according to their life and their culture um, in such a way where I can share some of myself uh, why I'm questioning that couple. But there is no secret. I literally... There is a struggle every day, sometimes just to get out of the bed. There are good days. uh, Well, every day is a good day. There are just good experiences and bad experiences in the day. I believe every day God made is good. We have choices on what kind of day we have just through the decisions that we make. And for me, knowing yourself individually as a couple you operate as an individual uh, to your core. So mm. the first thing I look at and ask people is about themselves because they, they reflect of out of their bad experiences, good experiences, the voids, the baggage that they, they have that they haven't dealt with. So that is, brings all of that into the marriage so in in order to I believe to have to have peace in a marriage is to deal with your own demons and to face (sighs) them and to face them challenge those self-defeating thoughts and those strongholds that we have that we just don't want to let go we want to invite them to dinner you know, and have them over for Christmas. You know, blame the other person. Gotta, it's easier to just blame the other person. You know, we gotta let them that go. That's why marriage is hard. That's why marriage is hard because you have to work on yourself first. But that's the hardest thing. I can always see the you know the faults in the other person. You fix yourself first. Well, you know, we come from different backgrounds. Everyone yes. had come from different backgrounds. Our belief systems are different. And we see things different. Our perspective is different. And as soon as someone's perspective is different than ours, we immediately take the defense and say, you're wrong. I'm right. I'm right. When really we should not be reactive to other people's feelings, opinions. We should be responsive <laughs> and be more open to try to understand their beliefs, understand their perspective. One, that allows us to grow our perspective and worldview and two, it allows uh, them to be heard uh, not and not judged. And marriage is, I tell anyone who asks, it does not get any easier, but you do get better at it. Wow. So, I mean, 
there's just a lot here that I just want to sit with because you're challenging me right now, which is a good thing, which is a good thing, you know. Um, so I have a friend who's going through a situation right now and for cultural reasons, which I could understand, her spouse is not willing to go to therapy. And it's at the brink where she's wanting to walk out of the marriage. And I only hear her side of the story. I imagine there's the side the husband might have I, I don't have, you know, privy to that information. I only listen to her and I provide like a listening ear. But I, I mean, at the very least, therapy should be for everybody, but he's not willing to go. How, as someone, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that you've probably seen it all, especially among uh, people where one party is just, you know, reluctant to go to therapy. For that kind of friend, do you have any words for her to kind of help her? And maybe it might even be a husband whose wife doesn't want to go. But for people that might be in that situation, regardless of, whether they're the husband and the wife, where, you know, one party is willing to go, but the other isn't willing to commit. How do you, how, I mean, how do they move forward? And if one person is threatening to work out of the marriage, what would you have to say about that? And I know there's so many other contexts I'm providing. So this is quite a very general question. So feel free to answer it in a very general way without knowing all the other contexts. I used to be that woman. And Ooh. I did create a, or I started a Facebook page for those women, a Power of a Praying Wife community on Facebook. And I started it out of my own need for the support that I needed. Um, I'm a big prayer warrior. I believe in prayer. And I've seen miracles happen through prayer. The first thing I would say is when the marriage is not working, there's two sides to the marriage. It's not all one person's fault. There's some fault on both sides. The thing that you have to be careful with is taking the high road, thinking that we got it all together and putting all the blame on the other person. So what I would suggest for her is to hate the behavior and love the person. Oh and my goodness, it's hard. It is hard. I didn't know it is. Isn't that a three-in-one package? In there, <laughs> women who are married, the first thing I ask them is, do you have a prayer closet? Um, the prayer closet, I've had it for years. It changed my life. It changed my marriage. And I believe highly in that private time where it's just you and God and all your feelings and emotions, no matter what they are. If she doesn't have a prayer closet, find one. If it's a corner in your regular closet, in your bathroom, wherever you can get some, some quiet time to pray, uh, find that time. And it's going to be uncomfortable because when I started praying, <laughs> I thought all the changes would be to my husband. Because yeah, I was, was like, oh, yeah. Lord, he this and he's <laughs> that and he won't do this and he won't do that and he won't do this. But the change will start in you first. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But internal work needs to be done. And that is the helper of the husband uh, the there husband, are roles yeah. uh, that we have and sometimes those roles are crossed and just to 
listen to what the spouse is saying. You don't have to agree with it. Just listen to it and try to find out where that place is coming from. Just listen to it. Therapy works if you work it in, but if you don't go, it doesn't work. But for her, I would say don't give up. Love your husband. The behavior is just a behavior. Behaviors that are learned can be unlearned. But prayer is the answer for your marriage. But first, you have to make some changes in yourself and in your mindset and what you think. And I tell women to keep the D word out of your mouth. Yeah. You know, don't say it, don't think it. In order for your work your marriage to work, you have to believe it's going to work. Rather yeah. rather it's working or not at the time, you have to believe it in that energy that you give it and that focus that you give it is what's going to help it change. You talking bad about it and negativity about it is actually what's hurting it. So you have to just put your feet down and say, you know what? I'm not going to give up on this marriage. I'm going to do whatever it takes. If I have to change, I'm going to change. Lord, show me what I need to do so that I can help my husband because we are our husband's helper. And most of all, pray for them. Pray for your husband. Pray for the things that he needs. Pray for the things that he fears. And, and that's the whole beauty of talking to your husband and finding out what it is he's saying, understanding it, not to respond to it, but understand what, what place is that coming from. You take that all of that into prayer and you let God deal with that. But in the meantime, you work on yourself. Find yes, your identity, yes. become a stronger person, do uh, daily diversions or listen to podcasts, get yourself in a community that supports your marriage and uh, a prayer community that supports your marriage. It could be one or two people or she can look on on Facebook on my uh, power of a community of a power, power of a praying wife community. We're doing some of your we're doing a book. Uh, we've been yeah. doing it for years, but it's The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O'Mar. Yeah. And we do the questions and I do prayer through the message at the message center on Facebook. And if they have questions, you can ask questions while you do the work. But you're going to have to do some work. You can't just sit back and think that everything's going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You said a lot. So. Just to recap, um, for those who might be listening who are, who are not Christians, this might not be relevant to you. So um, just to give you that heads up, because we're talking a lot, it's faith-based. And like Ms. Vanessa mentioned earlier on, she's a woman of faith. So a lot of her tips have come from you know her experience. And I'll say this, uh, I haven't really been disciplined with the prayer closet, but just hearing you say that, I think that's just the only thing that is missing in my um, daily like a routine of prayer and all that. And um, I remember there was a time when we were going through a difficult time and it was really, really hard for me to pray for my spouse. I really couldn't pray for him because I was really mad and I was legitimately mad. And it, it was that kind of time where if you were to tell somebody about what you're going through, you were going to be justified in your anger. 
but you knew that you had to forgive and just you know let go and there was something a friend you know um recommended to me actually it was a counselor that said i know it's hard for you to pray for this person right now why not just ask god to god help me pray for this person and so and that really works because it's like well if you want me to pray for this person you got to help me know how to pray for this person and just wanted to say that could also be another prayer you know in my if you are at the point where you can't even see your spouse the same way you used to see them asking god's help like god let me see them the way you see them let me be able to be tender towards them because this is hard and i think a lot of the dissatisfaction sometimes we have with our spouses are just projections of our own insecurities and so that thing of working on yourself I'm in individual therapy, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm probably going to be in therapy for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot about my my patterns. And, you know, sometimes you're supposed to say something that might not be nice, but our reaction to it is over-projected. And it's not because, you know, you're trying to be dramatic. So having to on the, uh, almost like walk my way back, or like, hold on. Yeah, he did say it in the wrong way, but your reaction is just, are you sure there's not more to this? Maybe there's a trigger somewhere that... It wasn't even him that brought on that trigger, but by virtue of him being there or him saying something like that. So, I mean, it's a work in progress and the work never finishes, but there's always disclosure. There's a lot of help. All that to say, um, seek all the help you can, reach out to your communities, like, you know, and I highly recommend what she said about people that are really um, in your corner, people that support your marriage. There's so many people out there that will give you the wrong kind of advice. Oh, no, dump him. Oh, no, he's a loser. He's a narcissist. He's a toxic. Those words that they throw around, you know, unless you're really in danger where your life is being threatened, you know, I think a lot of things can be worked out during therapy. And sometimes it might take one person to start that work. Sometimes you might not have the two spouses working at the same time to save the marriage. It might have to be with you starting on yourself, and then maybe that will roll into something else. But thank you for that reminder, Ms. Vanessa. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome. And I do realize that um, some people out there may not relate to uh, mm-hmm. what I'm saying in, in prayer and everything. But the basic of humanity is just to love, uh, to have compassion uh, for one another, and then just treat everyone like you want to be treated. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. These are all just regular, respectful things for another human being. And for you to acknowledge that you don't have all the answers and that you can just do what you can with where you are is going to be enough. Just start where you are. You don't have to have a lot of money or any money at all to start to make some changes, not only within yourself, but within your marriage, within your family, within your children. Just organize what you want to do and then make a plan to do it and follow through with it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that reminder. Thank you. And I think even the emphasis on even forgiveness, right? And I think that, you know, being slow to... So anger and, you know, choosing your words carefully. Oh, it's been a sign so hard. It's so hard, especially when you're so angry. You're like, eee! You know, I know, I'm but you know you. what? You can't take them words back. So that's true. It, it does that's true. take practice, as with anything takes practice. Uh, but if you if you don't know what to say, it's better not to say anything at all. Or if you think you're going to say something that shouldn't be said, 
it's better than say nothing at all. But if it those words happen to slip across your lips anyway, um, you know, you have to be humble and recognize the fact, you know what, that was wrong. I was out of line. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Would you please forgive me? Yeah. And then just ask for it and move on. So I'm just going to be very, um, a bit of a vulnerable moment here. The last therapy we had was like a crisis mode. Like things were really, really bad. And it got so bad that even the counselor, they've been doing this for many years. They're like, they didn't think this was going to work ever. But then, you know, hope, thankfully we're back here. And and then, well, probably one of their favorite clients, they, they, they keep telling us that, like, you know, if you guys can work it out, then anyone can work it out. And so I'd like to turn that to you, like, what's that one, if you could cast your mind back to all of your years of, you know, being in ministry for 16 years without giving so much away, but what's that one time that you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a, how are we going to, you know, get this people together? You probably didn't think you were able to do that, but then at the end, the couple stayed together. And it's all, you know, success stories that stayed with you that you'd like to share with us. There, I, it was about, the kids were little, and my husband and I, we did not have role models, you know, of a marriage mm. and what it was supposed to look like. So we were winging it, you know, mm. but the mm. kids were little and we didn't understand each other. We were trying to do the best thing. We just built our first house. Um, we both had full-time jobs and um, the pressures were rising. We weren't meeting each other's needs and we were suffering and we um, we needed a lot of help and a lot of love from one another. Now, we did consider um, separating. Of course, that word came across our mouth probably a hundred times in a year or more. Um, but the more you say that, the more you manifest that. That's why I say your words and your thoughts are very powerful. So one, never say that. But I had a mentor in my life at the time to help me through that time. If it was just me by myself, I don't know what would have happened. Um, it's very important to build your village, even if it's just one person. Really, that's all you need if you tr- someone you can trust and just be open and honest with. But it was me. I was ready to just throw in the towel, and I'm sure he was too. But we had mentors in our life to tell us, hey, you know, this too shall pass. This is just a, a small portion of your marriage and you just need to get on the right page and through uh, books, audios, uh, self-studies and mentoring and praying and uh, we just weathered through it. I like that, you know, finding your village because, you know, it takes a village to break and make a marriage and I know um, one of the lies we were told whenever we got married the first time, is oh, do not involve a third party in your marriage. But that's just the life of, of hell. You need people who, you know, to talk to sometimes because when you marry somebody, you risk, there's a tendency that their voice just drowns in your ear sometimes. Like you're hearing them, but then you're not listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they say something and the way it's coming at you is just so different because you're already on a very, the way you're operating is just like, you know, I'm ready to tear this person down. So finding people who really care for you and who, who's in your corner to listen to you and provide that help. And, and you know, I, I think you're right. 
I think it takes a lot of um, efforts and a lot of discipline, but and staying committed because at the end of the day, the way I think about it is life is life can be quite difficult, but to find somebody who's willing to do it together with you, you know, because I mean, that somebody will say, "Hey, I want to do this life with you." How chaotic it is, you're my person. And it's not always going to be perfect, you know. There's always going to be that lingering dissatisfaction over something they're not doing, over something they're not saying. But that someone is committing this life, this one life we have to do it with you. I think that's a miracle. And just trying our best to make it work. I think that's something worth fighting for. You said the perfect word, commitment. Marriage is commitment. It's not based on how we feel. And what what most and what I didn't realize is that the person that you marry is not going to be that person in five years or 10 years. There are layers. There are layers to every one of us. And there are identities of every one of us that we don't meet until certain circumstances occur. Mm -hmm. And that and that sometimes is in the hard times and the commitment. You have to just put your foot down and say, hey. Um, I'm not perfect. He's not perfect, but I'm committed to this marriage. I'm committed to this family. I'm committed to children because you're teaching your children. If you have them, you're teaching them what relationships should be like or what a marriage should be like. Or So to stick it out and to show them resilience and what that looks like, no better place to see that than at home between their parents. I like that reminder, you know, sticking things out. I like that very much. Now, um, man, I feel like I, I have to bring you back. We need to like, do like a whole series of marriage. But let me let me take it down for now. Let's talk about pickleball. So I should say this to you. I probably said it to you before. Thank you so much. Because of you, I actually got better at pickleball. Because you, the community we found, you know, myself, you, Miss Angela, and then mm-hmm. Miss Julie as well. And then you brought your friend, Mr. Bob, to help us. I mean, all of the tips from the beginning of, you know, um, balancing the ball and controlling it and learning how to serve. I can't, how long ago was that? It was like a year ago or so. And I've just built on that. And I just want to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for um the the time you put into that and even you know setting up that little community because that's what i've still been riding on you know i found community in lifetime as well you know people will play pickleball together and i'm glad to see that you're coming back as well yeah. so i just guess um, i guess my like how how are you still staying committed with all of your busy time what's pickleball to you and then what other ways do you do you take care of your body because i know you do so much already pickleball i found because I needed to do something fun because I am so serious all the time (laughs) and I'm like chop chop let's get it done and so I found pickleball and I didn't know what I was doing I didn't even know what it was I just showed up one day at an intro um just willing to learn what it was uh I ended up having to step out because of my knee and having, you know, foot issues and having to go to physical therapy, but I will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, pickleball, it's fun. It's great cardio, but that's not the only thing I do. I, I have fell in love with yoga and Pilates and I, in my personal time, I, dipped into meditation and so I meditate a lot 
I read a lot of books about meditation and just finding that quiet time and that quiet space for me. And I just recently started taking seriously uh, weight resistance. So I don't like it, but I do it because it's good for your body. We need to maintain our muscle and we need to grow our muscle. Years ago, I learned how to swim as an adult. So I swim in the pool as well. I love the water and just a rotation of all of those things. I, I love Lifetime. Uh, if I can't make it to the gym, you can work out on the demand app or you can join a program. And so there's really no excuses, you know, of why I can't stay with my regimen. So I pray, I meditate, I do yoga, I do Pilates, I do weight resistance. I've seen you do weight resistance and on the treadmill too. I do classes <laughs> and pickleball is just for me. That's the fun activity that Work I get I do. to do. Yes. It doesn't feel like working out, even though I know I, I, have, right. I have small tendons because you know from repetitive use. Yep, my hand can still be aching, but it doesn't feel like working out. You're there for like two hours, three hours. Like let's go, let's go. I know, let's I go. know, I know. Even if you miss the ball, we chase it. Even half if you the time. Were there, you're still having fun, and I think because of the people we play with, they're very nice. I don't like going to the very last. You know, um, now that we have like eight courts. But like the advance, they take it too seriously. I just want to have fun. I know. Even when I'm losing, you know, and I'm quite competitive, I like to win. But I feel like with pickleball, because it's such an easy game to play, but it's difficult to master, you know. And I make a lot of mistakes, but I mean, I'm, I'm playing. You don't make any about. mistakes. You're actually really, really good at pickleball. Yes, have you seen me? No, have you seen me lately? <laughs> no. Like, Taiwan's going to go like, no, she's making a look. You know, Taiwan, he's so... He's like the, what do you guys call him? The human skeleton, because it's always like, you know, catching all the balls. Yeah. I still have a lot to learn, you know, but it's fun. It's fun. Even if I don't advance like, you know, 5.0, I'll keep playing it. It's just fun. It keeps my body going. And yes. And I think the key here, which is something you said that I want to emphasize is find something that works for you. Like, I don't know if you guys knew me before. I used to be quite active, but then life got in the way, you know, um, pregnancy losses and just my mental health being in a funky place. And I wasn't taking care of my body. And working out become, became just something that was stressful. And I realized that it didn't have to be running or doing anything. I could find something that worked out for me. I go to the gym sometimes for like three, four hours. And that can be quite extreme, but I'm not doing an extreme way. I take breaks in between because it's not like I'm playing pickleball all the time. You play a set, you wait your turn, and then you go on the court again. All that to say, find what works for you. Physical activity is so good for your body. Like if I go a week without working out, I, my body feels it. I get cranky. My, my, my mood gets all clogged up. I get this fog in my brain. My joint starts, you know, misbehaving. I can't even go two days without working out. Even if it's a walk, even if it's just, you know, dance or just, you know, lifting weights. Find what works for you and squeeze it in. Miss Vanessa is so busy. We have between her doctorate, taking care of her grandkids and doing yoga, her business, her counseling business, and, you know, being a, a wife and you know, a mom and all that kind of stuff. And she's still finding time to, you know, put in some workout. Then, guys, you can do it. You can do it. All that to say, you can do it. Definitely. I say work in reverse. Ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be 10 years, five years, even one year, what kind of person do you want to be? And then look at that person and study that person and ask yourself, well, what does that person look like for me today? What kind of actions do I need to take today and tomorrow 
and the next day and the next day to become that person. This is Miss Vanessa. You've dropped a lot of bombs, man. This could be the Nagasaki for all we're concerned about. Like, just that, working your way back. And another way of looking at it was something I heard from one of my mentors. You pay for it in the future. Whatever you're doing right now, you pay for it. Mm -hmm. Either you pay for it with medications if your health goes bad, or you spend the money now. And money, as far as your time, going to work out. Because these habits build up. And the older you get, the harder it becomes to, like... Um, even master a new habit. So the earlier you can, the better. And it's never too late. Even at 50s, again, you can start anything new. And there's a way your body just catches up with you. you the way you used to burn weight as a 20 something year old, you kind of like, I can't even get away with eating some of the things I used to eat as a 20 something year old. Mm-hmm. I feel it now differently. And you're so right. I didn't want to, for me, the, the, the breaking point came when we had gone on vacation. And I haven't shared this before. I'm just going to share it. We had gone on vacation in Mexico. And it's one of my favorite resorts that we had gone to. That year was probably one of my heaviest I'd ever been. And I wanted to go ziplining. And it was, it's a very hilly place. You had to climb all the way to the tower. They strap you. And then by the time you get to, they have checkpoints where they make sure that the harness is good and all that. But you're doing a long walk. And there's a long line of people want to, because it's so, it's so cool to do. And we're doing it at night, you know, with the fires. You know, but there was fires like you, you zipline through a fire, you know, mm-hmm. like a circle of fire. I mean, it's called um, Savage, you know, from Shikaret. And I was looking forward to it. You know, we go there every year to kind of relax. And then we're done to walk about it. Five, ten minutes walk up, you know, with the harness so heavy. And then I get there. And the guy at the very end of the line, who was supposed to do the final check, he looked at my harness. He goes, ma'am, we're supposed to have a distance between the clip that clips you to the wire and the one that clips you to your harness. But we don't have enough gaps. So... Well, this is a safety issue for us. We don't want you getting in there and then you fall off or something happens. And the only way down, the only way down is sliding down. You know, <laughs> nobody ever goes, walks the other way. And talk about the walk of shame. Of course, Taiwan had to go ahead because, you know, even though he was like, let me walk with him. I'm like, no. And I, that walk down, I told myself, if I'm going to come back next year, things have to change. And... I've heard it so many times about working on my weight. You know, I, I I knew I had let myself go. I just knew it. I wasn't myself. I wasn't giving... I knew that I had just dropped the ball. And for me, that was a breaking point. I needed to work on myself. Like, no, this is it. Whatever I needed to do, I'm going to take all the help. If I needed to, you know, work on my... Because it was really hormonal issues for me. And then also um, not being mindful of my eating. And it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. It's It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And it's cost me a lot of money because eating right is not cheap. But I'd rather pay that money now than spending on medications. As a pharmacist, I know, once you start with one pill, you're going to get on two pills and then three pills and then four pills. You know, it takes a miracle to walk your way backwards. So that was it for me. I don't know where your story might be. All that to say, I acknowledge the struggles. It's hard. It's emotionally hard because I feel like you feel like your body, you're trapped. What, how you feel inside, the person you want to be shown, you want to show to the world is not being obvious right now you feel trapped in your own body as a way but take those steps and it's gonna it's gonna work if you need help if you have to do surgery if you have to go to therapy if you have to get a dietitian if you have to just whatever help you can get just get it right now and cheering on i have been there i'm still working that path but it it gets it gets better once you commit to it One of the things that when 
I just love everything you just said. And one word that describes is journey. That's your journey. And journey is up and down, up and down, up and down. And actually, it is very, very hard. But if you change your perspective about your journey, knowing going in, it's going to be difficult. But Mm -hmm. you could just get right back on track. And knowing, just knowing the fact that because life is not easy. Some of us sometimes, even myself, think that we should go through life with no struggles at all. And that's just so far from the truth. But being honest with yourself and and getting a plan and mentally putting your headspace that, hey, this is going to be a little difficult for me and I'm going to need some help, you know, so go and get the help or whatever it it is or, you know, ask for somebody, you know, there's free help and there's help you can pay for just wherever you are. You don't have to have a lot of money to get started in any goal. I know that for sure. All Mm -hmm. All it takes is just to make a decision that that's what you want to do. And once that decision is made, then the answers will start coming to you and you'll start Mm -hmm. getting the next steps of what you need to do to make that happen. You have, I don't know, you very, I don't even know what to say without sounding condescending. You, you have lived a lot of, I can tell you have a wealth of experience and the way that shines through in your in your words and even in the way you're very encouraging. I think that's probably one of your um, your superpowers, encouragement, the spirit of encouragement. And so thank you so much for bringing that onto the podcast. And your voice is so soothing. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that before. No. You should you should do audiobooks. You should do audiobooks. Your voice is so soothing. Like, thank you. I can listen to you on and on and on and on. Um, I should, I'm going to bring you back. I have to bring you back. Um, and I know that this episode is going to vibe a lot with my um, listeners. So I'm going to let them give me ideas of how to bring you back. Because when I'm bringing you back, we have to do something bigger and in a larger scale than this. So I'm going to leave it to the audience. I'm sure you all listen to this episode. You thoroughly enjoyed it. So let me know what additional questions you like for Miss Vanessa to answer when next we bring her back. Because that way we can use her time wisely. But I just want to say thank you so much. You're welcome. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for just you coming today. I know you're very busy. Um, I'm thank you for thank you for the vulnerability that you infuse in this episode and just how you're very candid about some of the things you know you know and not holding back on your responses. So on behalf of everyone on the podcast, just say thank you for your time. Welcome. All right, and all the best for your doctorate degree. Cherry yeah. on. Thank you. And I know it's got just a matter of time before you walk down the stage again, and you know you because you know you you so you, you get things done. Time goes by very fast. Mm, it does. Okay. So, so you might so. as well go ahead and push toward that goal because mm. a, year, a year from now, it's coming. It's going to be here. So it's better to say a year is here and you've made some progress in your goal or mm. even you've met your goal versus a year coming and you've done nothing at all. It's better to That's have so something... Cool. To show for Started. it because it's for it. it's coming. We can't stop time. Sure, 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 sure. And I've learned a lot from your episode. You know, um, you don't have to know it all to get started. Each experience teaches you something. Um, if you're in a marriage, if you're in a marriage, working on yourself, your individual core, finding that area of fulfillment, and then, like you said, with your counseling sessions, you go through that individual first. And I think that's it. That's probably the most effective way, but it's the hardest part for us because 
who wants to confront that man in the mirror? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> hello, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to turn around and look at the person in front of me. That's right. And then, yeah, and then working your way in reverse. What are your future goals? What's 10 years from now? What kind of mode do I want this mode to be? And how do I get her there? Asking those questions will help you in every sense of that word. And get the help you need. Therapy, um, nutritionist, working, even if you don't have money to pay for a, um, a gym or a personal trainer, you can walk around your house, take a long walk, you know, um, you can exactly. dance. That YouTube videos, you can just do your workout from home. No, you don't have to spend a lot of money on so many things. You can plan around your diet and, you know, um, eat the healthier stuff. And if you don't have a lot of money for 100% organic food, but it's still, there's still ways to go about these things. All that to say, take all the help you need and start today. Because time, you know, adds up so quickly. And then one year down from now, what have you done? Is what I've learned from Ms. Vanessa today. All right, guys, this was the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I have learned a lot and I keep learning a lot from all of the guests. So I want to say thank you to all of our guests and to all of you, the listeners as well. And on behalf of everyone, thanks again. I'm Ms. Vanessa. And catch you guys on another episode of the Multiple Podcast. I remain your host, Possible. Bye for now. Thank you. Yeah. First podcast ever? Yes. How do you feel? You're so professional. Almost like you've been doing this for a very long time. That's my demeanor. That's why I started playing pickleball. (laughs) I like like that. I like that. Like, you you just come in. Always so, like, you know. It's good. It's good. It's good. The confidence you give off, like, even with pickleball, like, I was just because you had the gloves, you had the paddle. I learned so much from you. Even like, oh no, you need to do this. One. You need you knew so much already. Oh, that's a that's a that's another one. I forgot to explore, but I'll, I'll bring you back. I don't know what capacity, but I know I'm gonna bring you back. Maybe doing something around the marriage conference or um, something like that. But thank you. Thank you for coming.